You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're right at the end of the Mishnah of Eruvin, and we're segueing from questions of Shabbat into questions of Beit Midash. And we discussed yesterday the differences between Beit Midash and the rest of the country, between the temple and the rest of the land. We talked about replacing a bandage in the temple but not in the country, about tying up, fixing a harp string in the temple but not in the country, about um, cutting off a wart, a priest's wart in the temple but not on the country. And we're going to carry on with these ideas today, but we are going to leave in a minute what you'll see we're going to leave the country behind actually and we're going to close the the Masechet of Erovin firmly in the temple in the Beit Mikdash and in questions of Tuma and Tahara and we said yesterday that the Mishnah has been codified 130 years after the temple is no longer there and these are all memories these are detailed memories of what happened in the temple and it's as if the um you know, the Mishnah of Eruvin is essentially a rabbinic Mishnah. There are no Torah. Um, the um, Mitzvah of Eruv is not in the Torah. It's a quintessentially rabbinic Mitzvah, the Mishnah, of, the, the, the Mitzvah of Eruv. It doesn't belong in Torah and it doesn't really belong in Beit Midash. And it's as if the rabbis are saying, when we get to the end of this quintessentially rabbinic tractate, we are going to just cast our mind back and remember the time before the rabbis. Or we're going to remember the Beit Midash. We're going to remember a previous time. And here we go in the 14th Mishnah then. So we've left the country. We're still in Beit Midash. We've left the country. A priest who's wounded in his finger. He's got a cut in his finger. He can wrap some reed grass around it in the temple. This is a carbon copy of our previous Mishnah. We do this in the temple, but we don't do it in the country. And again, in a now, there's something about reed grass. Reed grass is not just grass. It's not just a bandage. It seems to have some healing properties, or at least that is the assumption in the Mishnah. So the, the grass is, and the, of course the rabbis will allow us to put a bandage on on Shabbat, but not to carry out healing on Shabbat, not to mix up drugs or potions or, or poultices on Shabbat. And the reed grass is halfway to a poultice. So the rabbis will not let us do that outside the Beit Midash. And furthermore, in a, again, in a mirror image of the previous Mishnayot, remember they all finished with some condition which made this activity prohibited in both places. If he intended to draw out blood, it's prohibited in both. Because drawing out blood is, well, it might be squeezing or it might be related to wounding whichever of these it, I, i'm not clear as to which of these two av malachot these archetypal acts of um, creation it's related and the commentators differ actually but it's related to one of these archetypal um archetypal acts of creation av malachot and so if he's going to squeeze out blood with the reed grass we wouldn't with the reed grass he wouldn't do that either in the temple or in the country
So that's the last of our comparison Mishnayot between the temple and the country. And now we're going to center ourselves just in the temple. Boskin melach al keves. Bishvil shelo yachliku. They scatter salt on the, on the altar's ramp. The altar had a long sloping ramp and the priests used to have to walk or run up, run up it. They scatter salt on it so that people shouldn't slip. They draw water from. They draw water by a wheel on Shabbat from the Borhagola. I've called this the Pilgrim's Well, but it could be, you know, the Diaspora Well as well. And from the Great Well. These were two wells which were inside the temple and in general the rabbis were not allowed drawing water because of a well because if if we used essentially technology to draw water on Shabbat they were concerned that people would then use that technology to go and water their water their fields so outside the temple drawing with a wheel was forbidden on Shabbat but inside the temple where it was needed we could do that Ooh. And on a festival from the from the, the Hakar well. And this was a well that was outside the precincts of the temple. So, and it would be, we, we, they would draw water on it actually for, in, in large quantities for everybody who came, uh, everybody who came up to Jerusalem from the festival. So they had enough water to, to give to anyone who wanted water. What if they find something which shouldn't be in the temple? Sheretz, shenim tzavamidash. We found a creeping thing in the temple. What are we going to do? And this, by the way, is not on Shabbat. I'm going to point this out. This is not on Shabbat we're talking now. This is in general, if we find a sheretz, a creeping thing in the temple. Kohen motzior a priest should should pick it up in his belt and carry it out. The priest is not going to pick up the, the sherets. He's not going to pick up the creepy crawly because that will make the priest himself tummy. The creepy crawly is an av tuma. It's an archetypal. It's a first order. Um, it's first order impure. Purity. We can't touch it. We have to get it out of the baby dash, but we can't touch it. So, according to Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca, Divrei Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca, we're going to share it. Shenim sava vamigdash kohen motzio vimem shelo l'shachot et hatuma. We're going to pick it up with with a belt because we all we have a belt with us in order to not keep the impurity there for a for a while and rabbi yudai is going to object rabbi yudai omer rabbi yudai says with a wooden tongue in order that uncleanness shall not increase he doesn't want to make tamer the belt of this kohen even though the belt is not going to make the kohen tamer rabbi yudai doesn't want to make the belt of the kohen tamer and he takes the view that a wooden tongue doesn't uh, doesn't take uncleanness from the sherets. I, I think that's probably where he's coming from. Okay, what if this happens on Shabbat? Can we still move it on Shabbat? 
That's the next question. From where must it be removed? And now we're talking about where we would remove it from on Shabbat. From the sanctuary, from the hall, from between the hall and the altar. Divrei Rabbi Shimon ben Nanas, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Nanas. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Makom Shechayavin al Zdono, Karet, Ve'al Shigoto Chatat. Rabbi Akiva is going to define places according to um, liability. For any place where Karet is incurred for entering intentionally and a sin offering is required for entering accidentally, from those places, we are going to take, those are holy places, those are places we're going to take out the creepy crawly on Shabbat. And in other places we're not. Ushar kolamukamot, and all the other places, kofinalav paskater. We're going to put some enormous pot on top of it, and then it's contained, and then we can get rid of it after Shabbat. So we go so far on Shabbat, but we don't go everywhere on Shabbat. And Rabbi Shimon says, and Rabbi Shimon is, maybe he's referring back to a previous halach, we're not sure, but Rabbi Shimon is going to close the Masechet now. Rabbi Shimon Omer, where the sages have permitted you anywhere, where they've given you any, um, for example, uh, where they permitted you to make an Eruv, for example. He could be referring to the whole of the tractate of Eruvin. He's referring to the whole of the rabbinic structure of Heter on Shabbat. Where the sages have permitted you anything. They have only given you what is yours. I.e., they've only permitted you where... There was no Torah prohibition at all, i.e. they've only given you, they, they've given you back what was a rabbinic prohibition in the first instance. He's saying, if you like, don't think that the rabbis are allowing you to break a deraita, to break a Torah law with this complex of leniences that we've developed through the whole of this um, Masechet. And by the way, in the previous Masechet of Shabbat, Rabbi Shimon is finishing both the Mishnah of Eruvin and the Mishnah of Shabbat. And he's saying, look, where the rabbis have given you a break, don't think they've given you a break on Torah law. Don't think you can break Torah law. They've only given you a break on rabbinic prohibitions. They only... Um, they only gave you, they only gave you, um, they, they were only lenient where things were forbidden. In other words, because of a rabbinic uh, direction to rest, not from a Torah prohibition on creation on Shabbat. So Rabbi Shimon effectively ends the, these two Masechtot by just articulating the difference between rabbinic and Torah law, as if he's keen to establish that in his close. With those words, we'll read the Hadran, Hadran Lach Masechet Eruvin, the Hadran Alan, the Hadrach Alan. We'll return to you, Tractate Eruvin, and you will return to us. Datan Alach Masechet Eruvin, Vedatach Alan. Our mind is on you, Tractate Eruvin, and your mind is on us. 
We will not forget you, Tractate Eruvin. And you will not forget us. And not in the world that is coming. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Benedict.